Wildcats, I'm Zyril Taub. And I'm Molly Stitt. And thank you for joining us on this Word to the Wildcat podcast. On this cold day, we will be exploring the topic of professional development within musical theater. We would like to introduce today's guests from the musical theater program. Hi there. Uh, I'm Alex Blatstoser. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm a senior, and currently I'm involved in Central's production of MTI's All Together Now. Hi, my name is Elisa Munch. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm also a senior, and I'm also involved in the production of All Together Now. Thank you so much for joining us today. So, could you um, explain kind of what musical theater is and what it entails to those who may not know and are just um, often hearing the term or who have never taken a theater class or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, a lot of people associate musical theater with Broadway, which is, you know, it's a start for sure. Uh, The basic definition of musical theater is a play with songs that propel the plot forward. So a lot of the famous ones are Phantom of the Opera, Cats, Chicago, most of them have been turned into movies. Um, But musical theater is a lot more than that. There's a lot of different topics that are put in musical theater. There's small shows, as small as four people, two people musicals, and then there are huge shows that can be up to 50 people. Thank you so much for defining that for those who may not know. Um, When talking about musical theater, I feel like there's this narrative or misconception almost that um, you have to kind of be front stage like spotlight on you to to be in musical theater and that's not the truth like there's so many different positions and 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 things like that can you kind of explain a few of those for those who are more introverted and may not want to be front stage yeah um there's there's a lot of things you can do um that don't necessarily require you to be front and center you know um there's a lot of backstage work that you can do. You can do a lot of like lighting lab work. Um, there's scenic work. Um, there's painting. There's like sound design. There's a lot of other avenues, right, that still keep you within that performance like art, but aren't necessarily requiring you to be um, as upfront with with your performances and stuff like you can still channel what you want to do and you can still channel that passion but it doesn't have to be on a stage per se you know a lot of the folks in our inner circle that are technicians or stage managers and directors are also typical theater nerds (laughs) so you know they know all of the musicals they sing loudly you hear them talk loudly in public but you'd never see them on a stage because they're backstage Mm -hmm. but we're all we are all a certain brand and that is dorky (laughs) theater kids god i love it gotta have that personality it's important especially even if you're backstage you gotta have that personality to communicate Um, can you talk about uh, Central's theater program? What are the available degrees and minors um, entailing all of these different fields that you can go into? There's a lot. There are a lot. <laughs> There's a lot. So we have BFA Musical Theater, which is uh, what Alex and I are both a part of. So that BFA takes a lot of 
the triple threat classes, so singing, dancing, and acting. We have to know all of those things. Then there is the BFA performance major, which I believe Alex is also a part of because he's crazy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But that is focusing more on the acting part, so they take a lot of the acting classes, the dialects classes, the monologues, to really hone in that skill. Um, And then we also have BFA theater education, which is for folks that are pursuing education. Um, A lot of them look to be high school theater directors, theater teachers. Um, And I believe the BFA design and production has recently dissolved. But previously we had the BFA design and production, and that was for those technicians we were chatting about. Um, So stage managers, designers, like lighting designers and scenic designers. Um, I believe that's all the BFAs. That's all the BFAs, yes. Um, The interesting thing about um, those majors is they are, they're pretty broad as far as like what you can use them with. Like, if you compared two musical theater majors, one whose emphasis was on vocal production, right, so they were doing a lot more um, like singing work um, versus a dance-oriented uh, or a dance-like focus. Mm-hmm. Like the difference between those two actors and their two um, like trajectories in the department is it's very different in what they would need to do, the types of classes that they would need to like focus on a little bit more, you know. So there's, there's levels. We also have uh, a BA program, which is just BA theater. Um, and now that's just general theater studies. So they do a little bit of everything. Um, they, they take the acting classes as well as the tech classes so that they learn all of the sides of it. That's really good for the people that aren't sure exactly what they want to pursue in theater. And we have quite a few of those. Yeah, and also I think that the BA is a good opportunity for people who don't necessarily need um, a performance focus, right? Mm -hmm. If they don't want to do as much of the performative, like, aspects of theater. Like, a lot of our directors are BA, like, theater majors because there isn't a BFA for directing in the department. So instead, you can take a general um, major instead and then you can focus on uh, some other minors if you want to kind of like really hone in the, the like style of directing that best suits you. So it's, it's cool. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, being that you're both seniors, can you kind of list some of the productions that you've been a part of over the years at Central? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, well, I well I started in 2017 in the fall um, as a general theater st- uh, study. So I was just a BA when I first came in. Um, the first show I was a part of was a student-written, student-produced show called Descent, mm-hmm. written and directed by Cameron Hogue. Uh, that was really fun. It was a very small cast. We did it in a very small space. Um, it was not a main stage production, but that was super cool. And then later I had the opportunity to be in The Hunchback of Notre Dame, The same year I was in Holiday Inn, I played Louise. And then the last show I was in before the pandemic was The Wolves, and I played number 25. There you go. Um, I also started roughly in, like, 2017. Um, I started as a BA, um, and I did not start as a performer. I started by doing some production work on the fall production of 
Good Kids by Naomi Izuka. Um, and then in the winter, I got to do a ghost light project, which is like a, um, it's a nationwide, uh, college-based, um, like, independent production thing. Um, and I was in a production of Distracted for that, and I got some named stuff there. <laughs> um, and then I, I was also in, in Hunchback, um, and then... Holiday Inn, and some other, like, independent student projects. I did a production of Romeo and Juliet in the spring of my first year, um, and then a radio play in my sophomore year, also during the spring, spring or winter, um, and then most recently, um, even with, like, the pandemic and COVID and everything, we were still able to do a onstage production, which was awesome um and we did theory of relativity so we've also both been involved in our student written short play festival which is Mm -hmm. called short works Uh, this happens every year in the winter quarter it is usually five student written student directed plays they're all short so 10 to 15 minutes um i've been involved with that almost every year i've been at central and alex was in it at least once (laughs) one of the years that i participated as well yeah. Yeah. Um, and Elisa, what, what did you do? <laughs> what did you do during short works? Um, I wrote and directed a, I directed a play that I wrote. Um, and in that same year, there was another play that I had written that someone else directed, um, which was really super cool. And the previous years I had worked on helping with the lights, so I was a lightboard operator. There you go. That's awesome. That is I, a pretty extensive list. Yeah, of things I, I love hearing all of your experience. And also, I'm so curious what you both were in Hunchback because I, at my school, we had Hunchback, and it's a great show. So if you could talk a little bit about that just for a second. Yeah, it, it, it is a great show. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I did ensemble work during that, um, and then I also was Father Dupont, which is like a minor named role. Um, if you can't tell, Alex has a very low voice. Um, no, no it's, I'm a soprano. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's a soprano. <laughs> so he plays that, that priest at the very beginning who sings like lower than any human should be able to sing. Um, and I had friends asking me after the production if they warped his voice wow. to make it sound that low, and I said, no, that's just him. Um, I played a gargoyle. Uh, and some of the ensemble, but we only had five gargoyles, so it was pretty cool to be a gargoyle for that production. That's awesome. The gargoyles in that show and the ensemble, I love how intimate it is, and the dancing. (laughs) It's a great show. It's very fun. Awesome. Um, Kind of going back to professional development, um, can either of you kind of talk about um, how to build a... um, portfolio or a resume for those who are looking to really take musical theater to the next level after graduation. Um, For example, do you recommend people get um, involved in as many productions as possible? Do you recommend people, you know, go to workshops? What do you recommend to kind of really build that resume to to, um, start, you know, a career in that? Well, I I do think it's important to build up experience. So being in shows obviously gives you that experience. It's really important to experience the different 
if you know if we're talking about performing, it's it's important to talk uh, experience the different kinds of positions and roles you will have. Um, so for me, I I tend to be cast in the supporting roles that are funny and you know they come on for some of the songs and they make you laugh and they sing a big number and they go away. That's my typecast. But in Hunchback, I was part of the ensemble which was also really important for me to experience, you know, what it's like to be among the group and learning the dances and learning all of the background music. And it's, it's super important to just experience all those different parts. In addition, with something like our program, learning all of the different tools to use when you're performing is also important because moving forward, people that want to cast you, people that want to work with you will want you to have the experience to be able to work well for them. Um, I do think that workshops are important when they are accessible. Um, a lot of people tend to look at workshops as something that, nah, I don't really need to use that or I don't need to do that. But skills in musical theater, like your vocal skills and your acting skills, operate in the same way as your physical muscles do. The less that you work on them, the more that they go away. The more that you work on them, the stronger that they become. So it needs to be something that you keep working on. And touching on, on when you mentioned skills, um, when you are in college uh, as a performer, you should be as focused on developing your instrument as you can. There are so many classes um, and different like ideologies that you need to like incorporate and absorb. So as far as like building your portfolio in college, um, I don't think that front loading your experience is is like super necessary. You don't need to get in as many productions as you need to, or as you might want to, because like you should be focusing on your training, legitimately. Like during your summers and stuff, do summer stock do that and see how those skills transfer over um, but a lot of those the skills that you're learning are they should be done here I mean the, you have professors that have been in that field so they know what they're doing um, and when you are building when you're building that portfolio when you're building your resume right um, a, a really important thing for a lot of companies is your training who did you who did you train with who do you know? And Elisa mentioned that networking is like super important and how you know people and who you know. And that is so true. <laughs> like, it's the main way to be successful in this industry. A lot of people think, you know, if you're the best singer in the room, you'll make it on Broadway. That's just not true. You need to know the right people. You need to make the right connections and generally treat people with kindness, which doesn't always happen either. Mm. We are lucky enough to have a class as part of our BFA, which is called Career and Portfolio, in which we learn specifically how to approach post-college life, what kind of website you should have, what things to put on your website, who to reach out to, where to make those connections. What are some options for post-college opportunities? Well, <laughs> that, there's so many, fortunately, because theater is all over the world. Um, but we, what we spoke about previously as well is that we, unlike a lot of other careers, musical theater doesn't necessarily need a graduate degree. 
Um, you don't need a master's in musical theater because it's about work in the field rather than the academia side if you're pursuing performance. However, if you're looking to do something like directing or playwriting or education, that's where the master's does come in handy. As far as like academia, a lot of the focus, um, if you're planning on doing a graduate study, um, should depend on whether or not you want to teach, <laughs> if you want to teach to begin with, um, or, or if, you, if you want to do directing, if you want to do production management uh, for, for a lot of like larger, like big large-scale productions, um, having a master's in directing or playwriting is very important mm -hmm. um, because it shows that you, you've put in the work. And a lot of times um, what graduate students will do is post-undergrad, uh, post uh, right? You'll take a year or a few years in between so that you can actually first use the stuff that you've learned during undergrad and transfer it. Um, and then once you do get uh, to that, to that like spot when you want to apply for a grad study, um, <laughs> then you have more background. You have a little bit of experience so that when you do further that skill and develop it even more, um, that once you do get your grad degree, once you get your master's, um, that it, it'll make the process getting into directing or, or playwriting, for that matter, um, a bit smoother, mm -hmm. I think. It also makes it so that you can network and figure out where you want to do your art. Um, Elisa mentioned that theater is a worldwide thing, which it absolutely is. Um, and with that in mind, every area has different kinds of theater that goes on. Um, every theater scene is different um, with what they, they tend to lean towards. Um, with New York, a lot of the musical theater is Broadway-based. It's just, it's just how it is. Um, but if you want to still do musical theater, you don't, it's not necessary for you to be in New York. Like, it's not a requirement. And I, I think that's a huge misconception as far as, like, people that get out of, out of their, like, college program and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to live in a closet. Broadway, and it's going to be so great. Broadway. I'm going to live in, in a bathroom. It's, <laughs> it has four walls. And it is a 20 by 20 square, and I have my hot plate on my toilet. Like, that's not, you don't need to do that. That's not necessary. If you want to be one of the millions of fish that swim to New York after college, by all means, go ahead. Maybe you will be the lucky fish. But it's also not a bad idea to put your feet down somewhere else and see what leads you there. Seattle, surprisingly to a lot of people, has a huge theater scene. A lot of people think, oh yeah, the Fifth, the Fifth Avenue and uh, the Paramount. No, there are so many regional theaters in Seattle. They have their own awards ceremony, which is called the Gregory Awards. It's basically the Tonys, but for the Seattle-based theater, and it's huge. You would be shocked by the amount of theater that goes on in Seattle. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people always think of the typical stage setup, 
they have the audience, they have, and then they have it from front, but there's black box theaters, there's a whole bunch of other types of theaters that you don't think about, and um, they're everywhere, and I, I don't know, I love seeing the different types of theaters and seeing productions in the different types, because it's so interesting seeing ones um, in your classic stage. And, and speaking on that, um, having that many opportunities means that if you are, are pursuing musical theater or stage performance, right, you have the ability to kind of, because of that, like, sheer, like, volume of different regional theaters and stuff, you can pick which, like, seasons you want to, to be more active in or which ones you want to be auditioning for. It gives you that um, kind of, like, diversity in your choices, which is nice. Going back to um, the whole topic of, you know, going straight to New York after graduation and hopes to pursue um, a dream, what would you tell somebody that, that kind of has that plan? Would you tell them to go for it? Would you tell them it's best to start here and, like, build something here and then go? Or would you say, you know, you only really live once and to go for it? And, and can you talk a little bit about how competitive Broadway can be to those with long list of like experience that still never get the opportunity um i have had people look at me and say i'm moving to new york and i always say okay and that's it because you know what at the end of the day it's their life mm -hmm. and i think that most theater people know that if you move to new york and in hopes of a dream you will be working for a very long time to even scratch the surface unless you're lucky because although like we said it's connections as well it's also luck if you walk into the right room at the right time when the director has taken just the perfect amount of coffee and you sing just the perfect amount of song sometimes you get lucky but it's not up to me how people live their life I think that some people do move to New York and achieve a dream but it's just very hard if you're going to try to be on Broadway, we're talking about auditions after auditions after auditions after auditions and then some callbacks and then maybe another callback, maybe a final callback and then you're cast. And it takes months to get to that point. And again, it's, it's about the people you know. It's about the, the right time of the day. Being on Broadway is not walking into a Broadway, it doesn't say Broadway audition here. It, it's it's a bunch of different studios, not even just in New York, that you have to go to and audition at and continue to do so. And while Broadway is what people know of musical theater, you know, you say musical theater, people associate Broadway. There are a lot of other big scale theater things that are not as impressive to the community, but national tours, for example, the shows that you see at the Paramount. Um, these are shows that are being toured around all of the United States and Canada and it's basically the level under Broadway but people don't look at it like that. Yeah I think that kind of ties back to ties in with the advice you gave earlier that it's very important to network and, and meet as much as many people as you can in college um, as opposed to you know just stacking your plate with a bunch of productions and not giving it your all. It's kind of better to you know fine-tune whatever you do whether it's like dance and musical theater, acting, directing and things like that so I think that was really great advice so being that you're seniors and you've both um, been involved in a lot of productions and 
thing, all things to do with musical theater. Can you talk a little bit about um, upcoming opportunities or productions or auditions that Central is hosting in the next, or the just ongoing year? Yeah, um, there's a lot of opportunities. Um, I'd say the best one, especially for people that aren't doing a, a degree in musical theater or theater in general, is the Short Works Festival that we mentioned earlier. It's, like I said, it's a typically about five student-written plays, and they're very short, so it's not a big-time commitment, and it's not a huge show. You're one of five, and that's the, that's the performance that we see the most amount of non-majors in because... Our student directors like to see new faces, and they like to work with new people. It's a great way to get introduced to the space, get introduced to the people, but not have the big pressure of a huge musical or a huge play. Plus, they're able to cast more people in that. Um, I'm a part of Central's The Hot New Jam, which is uh, the best and only improv team uh, on campus. We have something called Free Play every Friday from 4 to 5 p.m. in Hebler 121, which is just basically free improv fun day. <laughs> you can come and play. You can come and watch. And improv is a really important skill in theater, so good to hone. Plus, you get to meet a bunch of cool people. Um, I'm also, I do a lot of things, <laughs> I'm also the director of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, we're currently in rehearsals. That happens every fall, and the auditions are typically the first Saturday of the school year in the fall. So next September, that is also a crazy good experience. Alex knows he's been in it many times. Yeah, a few, <laughs> a few times, a few times. It's a it's a super fun process. Um, it goes up fast too. Like we audition in like mid to late September, and it's up. Like we are performing, and then you're done. It's it's like one performance. And that's it. So, I mean, if you want to do that, if you want to, like, get a little bit out of your comfort zone, right, um, it is the closest thing as, as a theater performer that you can get on campus to being a pop star. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because the Rocky Horror, you know, culture is just screaming and cheering while you're performing, and it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, it's a lot different than when you sit down very nicely to watch a musical and you clap at the end of a song. Rocky, they're screaming at you the whole time. So it's super fun. I think it's great that Central offers um, opportunities for those who um, have never experienced musical theater, kind of want to see what it's like um, to give it a try. So um, thank you for sharing those opportunities on campus. Or even for those who are, are experienced and may not want to get a degree in musical theater, they're still large-scale production, so that's a great thing. Thank you so much, Elisa and Alex, for coming in and talking to us um, about musical theater opportunities both on and off campus. Thank you, Wildcats, for tuning in on our third episode back. Streaming is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google, and 88.1 The Berg. Thank you as well. Um, it's been a great time. Um, make sure you tune in to our next episode. Um, and we will be discussing the topic of leadership.